Podcast Studios. This, this is After 9 with Scott and Kat. Hey now! Hello! Did you break your foot? Ah, so <laughs> the doctor suspects there are several fractures, small ones, in, in the bottom of my foot and possibly a sprained ankle, but we're waiting for the x-ray. And, and the technician was uh, not available to read my x-ray until late yesterday. So I'm waiting for a call from the doctor. Cat. Oh, still, okay. But I had to wrap it because it hurts so much. It That's, hurts to walk. Uh... Yeah, so I... Um... Fractures are a bitch too because it's not like you can do much. Yeah. That's the shitty thing about fractures. Like, you almost rather it be a break. But break, you'd know. Like, I feel like a break, if you broke your foot doing what you described doing, that would probably be a bad sign. You'd have to get your bones checked because I feel like it's hard. Well, maybe not for a foot bone, though. It's kind of easy to break those, isn't it? I would think so. I don't I, know. I, I stepped on a rock. Yeah. It was so stupid that I don't even have a cool but, story to tell people about how this happened. But fractures do hurt. And and like I said, that's the hardest part is to just let them. You just got to like leave it alone to let it heal. And you're just like, great. Well. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> not to continuously shit on our healthcare system, but. It's easy sometimes, though, isn't it? It is. And it's not even me. I got lucky. I phoned my doctor. My doctor was not working yesterday, but one of the other people that was in the office was like, yeah, yeah, come on in. We'll take a quick look. We'll give you the x-ray rec, and then you're on your way. So I went downstairs because they have an x-ray clinic right in the building. Two hours. Was, it was a two-hour yeah. wait. And, and luckily, I live near there. So I was like, I'm just going to come back in an hour and a half. They said, okay, great. Get out of here. Oh, lucky. Yeah, that is lucky. Because the when I went and waited, there were people that left. But if you they called your name and you weren't there, you missed your spot. And you had to basically start back again. But it's them that's created the line. I don't understand why we can't just, hey, I'm going to leave. You're saying two hours. Okay, I'll come back in, in roughly two hours. But if you happen to do it any faster... Just keep me in queue, and when I get here, let me in. I, I don't understand what yeah. difference it would make to them, but it, uh, it's bad, cat. I mean, when people need health care, they need health care. And, and aside from the people who go in there, the total hypochondriacs that don't need to see an emergency physician at the time, aside from all of that, when people need to be seen, they need to be seen. We can't have people waiting hours on end with broken bones and fucking bleeding in waiting rooms and shit like that. It just it can't go down like that. We're a G7 country, damn it. We shouldn't have healthcare like this. I don't know what we're going to do yeah. in the future. I mean, they say we don't have nearly enough family doctors, and you can see it now, right? Yeah, like, you can. There's not enough family doctors out there, well, and then we something's got to give. Listen, we go back to the conversation of there's people who are fully qualified and just need a little bit of training in this country in order to do it. Where and they're unable at? to. You know what I mean? But I feel like for like the last four years, we've been saying, we've got to get the foreign trained doctors and nurses into the system. Well, we went through a pretty bad pandemic. I would have thought that that was the kick in the ass everybody needed to actually get this done. Where are they? I mean, I see these commercials for Pierre Polyev all the time, and he's like, we're going to create a red seal so that if you're certified in one country with a very minimal test, you'll be certified in this country. You just have to wait 30 days and bam, you can be practicing medicine. Mm -hmm. Great. That seems like it makes a lot of sense. Why didn't we do that sooner? What have we been doing? Didn't Doug Ford during the pandemic say we're going to get all the foreign trained doctors working and, and all the foreign trained nurses? Where are we at with that? Yeah, I don't know. So frustrating. Uh, speaking of Doug Ford, I did offer to have the premier on to talk about Ford Fest in Kitchener tomorrow. Oh, yes. And? Didn't hear back? Still haven't heard back. Okay. I don't know what the problem is there. I would think that any good, reasonable publicity would be helpful. Uh, I forgot about that. I got a text on that. About hey, Ford it's Fest? Hey, it's Doug Ford. Really? Just letting you know uh, that we would love to see you this weekend at Ford Fest. Yeah. I'm, I'm hearing from a lot of people that are planning on protesting that. 
and I'm thinking it's probably going to be a decent sized protest too. It's not hard to get to Bingham's in Kitchener, and and apparently quite a few people in this area are going to be marching outside it and stuff like that. I don't that. know. With like the free food and all the other things that they have going on, there's going to be much more people just there for the free stuff to enjoy the day than there are going to be protesters. Burgers, dogs, and t-shirts are free. Rides are free. I don't understand yeah. why anyone wouldn't go to I, that. I don't really think there's going to be a lot of people. The protesters will be few and far between, I think, in comparison. Now, there'll be a group maybe, but I after, don't know. after I get my free hot dog, I'm going to go like, out there and march. It's not the spot, too. It's like there's going to be like kids and families there. Now's not, then's not the time, I think, personally. I tend to agree with you. It, it's um, yeah, I don't know. There's lots of other places you can do that. Um, okay, so let's get into it here because there's a lot going on. First and foremost, we're very aware that this is a different kind of Toronto International Film Festival. As far as film festivals go, mm-hmm. the Toronto one is one of the big ones around the world every year. And it usually brings a lot of celebrities because it's easy for them to get here. Their dollar goes a lot further. They love it. But this year, there's not really a lot of celebrities coming, but they're still doing TIFF. So I guess it's just, here's the movie and then nothing afterwards? No after parties with the stars and things? Well, not with the stars, but there are still going to be some parties from what I've heard. But it's never the same without some celebrity spotting, right? I mean, you and I, for example, have been to many, many TIFFs. And usually it goes... You go to the movie if you even do. I've, I, by the way, I've done the festival and not seen the movie and still interviewed the person. I'm not going to lie to you, right? I'm not going to lie to you guys. But you go to the party... And then sometimes you interview the person at the party. Sometimes it's a red carpet thing. I do less. Of, I never did the red carpet interviewee thing. I always did the after party stuff because that's where it gets really fun. Uh-huh. That's where they get to like loosen up a little bit more. And so uh, it's always a good time. But they, yeah, this year, obviously, with the actors being on strike, it's different. Now, there are some that are exempt, but the, even the ones that are exempt don't want to be shamed in Hollywood. So they're not coming. A lot of them. Amanda Seyfried's one example. So she did an indie film. And if you are part of any indie films, they they exempt that because those are obviously small budget and you need every promotional moment you get for these films to even make some money. So they get exempt for those who are curious. And Amanda Seyfried stars in one Seven Veils that's out at TIFF this year, who by all means looks great. She's not coming just because she just says it doesn't feel right. But something tells me that has a lot to do with the peer pressure that she'll face to not go. Yeah, and that's usually the way organized labor works, right? It's not if we're walking, everybody's walking. We have to be in total solidarity and send a message. And if anybody did come up to promote their film, even if they were allowed to do it, they'd probably get shit on and shunned and all that sort of stuff. That's what we're wondering about some of the movies, because some of the movies have directors that are well known and also actors um, like Chris Pine and Anna Kendrick as well. And as of right now, I don't even know if some of them have confirmed because some of those aren't until next weekend. So this is what we know for sure. Director Spike Lee will be here. Directors are fine to come. They're not on strike or anything like that. Um, and there's performers, performers too, like Nickelback's performing, Lil Nas X, Paul Simon. Uh, it's kind of random. Yeah, it's kind of random. And then Sylvester Stallone still plans to be here. They do this in conversation with event every year. We went the year it was Al Pacino. Um, remember and it was very it's a very cool event it's very um it's a one-on-one they talk about their entire careers something tells me he's going to do nothing but promote his reality show but nonetheless Sylvester Stallone will be here too and there's a there's a group of others but anyway you might not see as many stars if you're like out at a coffee shop or something it's not going to be the same as every year but the movies are there and if you are someone who just likes to watch good movies by all means grab a ticket and go see a movie at TIFF and, and support those movies if that's what you'd like to do We're going to kind of stay in the entertainment realm for a little while on this episode of After 9 because I feel like that's what the bulk of the stories today are. Why is Tom Brady working for Delta Airlines? That's also very random to me. Here's your answer. Money. 
money. I get that they're probably paying him a boatload of money. A boatload, a boatload. They filled the dump truck and backed it up and dumped it on his driveway. Here's all the money in the world. But why is Tom doing it though? I don't. He, under, he's not a pilot. He's no. What qualifi- he's not even a CEO. No, but listen. Okay, so he, I think it makes sense to me. Number one, small detail, but I think it's a big detail for Tom in that his mom worked as a flight attendant during his childhood. She was a flight attendant for Delta Airlines, so he's got a lot of great memories. He said, at least that's what he claims of being on these Delta flights. Because I don't know if they they don't do it anymore. I think, but he used to fly free all the time. That's how they used to do it back in the day when you worked for the airline. Your whole family could fly for free anywhere. This is like way back. Okay, I'm talking like 80s probably. They don't. I, I think now you get a discount. But he starts this gig as a strategic advisor and brand advocate. Kind of sounds like a bullshit title. It sounds like a LinkedIn title. (laughs) Sounds like something you created on LinkedIn. It is. Strategic advisor and brand advocate. And what would he bring to the table in terms of strategy for airlines? I mean, good question. I don't know. However, they say his role is going to involve helping to develop training and teamwork tools for the employees. And there's 90,000 plus employees and he hopes they hope that he inspires the next generation of Delta community leaders. They call them the, I think that the plus side for Delta here is you're going to have Tom Brady flying Delta for free his whole life anytime he wants to. Obviously, I'm sure it's part of the deal of some kind. So just to have Tom Brady and Delta as associated is cool. And then you get young people maybe wanting to go into, into the industry or thinking about going into the industry. And then you see that Tom Brady is at Delta. Well, if you could pick and choose the places you want to work, maybe you'd be more likely to do it if there's a chance that Tom Brady might show up every now and again for a I see him being that hype guy just like he would be in the change room, right? I mean, he was a captain of a team. He knows how to motivate people. How could you not transition that over to motivating employees? I mean, if we had Tom Brady here for our meetings, I think he might pump us up too. Tom Brady is, okay, so- Not as much as Dave Blizzard. No. But he might do an okay job. Okay, so Tom is, he's different. I mean, he is as elite as they come. Is he motivating? I mean, I guess if you look back at the the breadth of his career, sure, he's won a lot of Super Bowls. He's probably the greatest football player of all time. Oh, people would get pissed about that. Some people are going to get pissed yeah. that I said that. You, you're just pissing people off. But he probably is, in all fairness. And, and that's fine. Is he a motivator? Everything I've heard about Tom is he's more of a, a yeller. You should have served them fucking extra crackers, you piece of shit. Well, you should I mean, have given them the full can of ginger ale. Don't be an asshole or they're going to fly American. I, I've been in locker rooms at key moments. And, and you know, I mean, you get some people that are like, come on, you know, such and such over here is probably going to retire after this season. We got to go out there and do it for him. And we're a, a band of brothers and we got to go out there united and put on a strong front and play our best and blah, 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 blah. I think Tom's more the... You want to walk out of here and hear all those fucking fans booing you? You want that? You want to? Uh, you want to be the piece of shit who costs us the Super Bowl? Because everybody's gonna hate you if you do. You better. It's a different kind of motivation that I wouldn't expect in a corporate setting. And not that it's wrong necessarily. It, clearly, it worked. I don't think his teammates have many bad things to say about him. It's just a different approach than I would expect from Delta. Hmm. Uh, Tom is Tom. He's the goat. And, and good on him for taking on as many gigs as he can. I Nearest I can tell, this Smart. is a fairly small lift. It's not like he's going into the office no. a couple times a week. You know what he's going to do? He's going to like, <laughs> people are going to get excited who like work there. They're like, yeah, it's training day Tom featuring Tom Brady. And they're going to get excited. And they're going to pack these rooms. Be like, yeah, fucking Tom Brady. 
And then they're going to like roll down a screen and it's going to be Tom Brady's video that continuously plays mm-hmm. <laughs> for every training video. It's like, hey, I'm Tom Brady. Exactly. <laughs> but you know, when those executives at Delta are like, hey, let's go to the Super Bowl. Bring Brady. Let's bring him. Well, he's going to go to all the know, fun shit. That's the thing. And, and when you you got to be smart about these endorsements when you are when you have that status. He knows full well if he joined any airline. He can't because obviously there's not going to be a no no competition there. Non-compete with any other airline, essentially. He doesn't want to be seen stepping foot on probably any other airline unless it has to do with his NFL schedule because that might be a whole totally different ball game, if you will. Um, I think that this is kind of... In that way, kind of, kind of neat. I don't know. It's kind of neat to me. It is neat. I'm going to give him credit. I mean, it's because he's, he's making money from making money. Yes. It's nuts. That's all it is. Right. And next thing you know, he's going to be, he's going to name his brand of this. And then next thing you know, it's going to be the best suitcase brand. And that's his brand. And you know, it, it can just, he can do as much as he wants to. It's incredible. Why are Joe Jonas and Sophie Turner separating? You said something about a, camera this morning yeah. on the morning yeah. show. So I think everybody, okay, I shouldn't say everybody. I know there's some people who are actually highly against it, but a lot of people look around your neighborhood. There's cameras, right? You have, maybe your neighbor has them. Maybe it's not you ring doorbell cameras, nests, driveway cameras, whatever it might be, backyard, front yard, tons of cameras everywhere now. That's an interesting point. I wonder how many people have actually stopped and looked around their neighborhood to see Mm -hmm. just how many cameras there are. I can tell you my house has got cameras covering every inch of it. Front, back, side, aerial view, ground level view. I've even got cameras that will uh, catch license plates that drive by my house. You got a lot of cash in there? What what, what operation you got going on over there? No, I don't even know why I've got, it's just because the house (laughs) came with some and then I had some and I thought, well, if I've got them all, I'm just going to create a, a fortress of security. It's overwhelming, right? It's sometimes because we have a we have a decent amount of cameras. I shut off notifications to some of them, but if you do have them, and maybe you don't, so let me explain. If you have them connected to your phone, which most people do, you'll get notifications. I just got one a little while ago. Someone's at my front door, you know, or someone's in the backyard, or someone's on the driveway, or maybe it's a motion. It's not a person. Maybe it's a car. A package was left. A package was picked up. You get all those notifications depending on what you set it up. So I guess what happened was, according to this report, this is TMZ. Um, but they say that Joe looked on the footage of his ring doorbell camera and overheard or saw something that Sophie Turner said or did. That's his wife. She's the Game of Thrones girl, right? She's the girl from Game of Thrones. Yeah, red hair, Game of Thrones, really pretty. Mm -hmm. So she was maybe talking to someone as best I can understand maybe or had someone there. I'm I'm guessing this is more of a conversation thing, but either way, for him, it sealed the deal. And he realized their marriage was over. Now, he did end up filing. It was earlier this week, earlier this week, irrevocably broken or something. Irre- irretrievably, irretrievably broken. Irretrievably broken what is a what weird, he stated. Who told you to write that? That's irretrievably broken. Irretrievably broken. That was a new one for me. I'd never heard that before. But that's what was stated on the filing. And she hasn't said anything. And he hasn't actually publicly said anything. Although he did make quite the public statement by dining out with his two young girls outside for breakfast oh, yesterday. Really? He wanted to be seen. Of course. Yep. Ah, I'm a good dad. Everything's fine. Um, not that the kids are involved here in any way, shape, or form from what we know. But uh, 
what could you hear or say someone do on camera? I, I assume something else led up to this, though. It's not like you just see something and then you're like, wow, it's over. Unless it's something crazy. Like, hey, fuck someone in front of the door. <laughs> like, I'm going to leave Special delivery, like, yeah. UPS. You know, like, I don't think it's that. I feel like it was probably more so she was having a conversation, kind of forgot. Because it happens. It happens to me, by the way. I forget I'm being recorded in my own front yard. And I think about it later when I do stupid shit and go, I should watch that back. <laughs> but in the moment, I don't think about it. So I think a lot of us forget. It's possible she forgot about it. Maybe was sitting out in the front area with a friend or family member. Maybe she was on the phone with someone and just started talking about the marriage or how she felt. Maybe she was sad. Maybe she felt like she didn't belong here anymore. It could have been as deep as that. It could have been as simple as, you know, I fucking hate him. I mean, it could have been anything, any number of things that she could have said or I guess did. It could have been an action. We don't know. But how many times has that happened is what I want to know. Like when you hear that story, and again, it's just a report, guys. It might not be true. But when you hear a story like that, I mean, I could fully believe that being the end of relationships. Mm -hmm. Because someone oversees something or overhears something that the other person didn't intend them to. So what I want to know is, were or was Joe going through the camera to find oh, something? Great question. Or was this just a, oh, I got a notification from the camera and click the button and, oh, that's weird. There's somebody at my door. Oh, my yeah. wife's talking to this person. Oh, what are they saying? I, I kind of want to know, did he go looking for it or stumble upon it by accident? And the reason I ask is because as great as these cameras are, there is a downside and there is somewhat of a moral issue. I'll give you an example. Friend of mine, marriage is over. He was having what he thought was a private conversation in his own backyard with a buddy. They were out back having a few beers. Wifey, knowing full well that there's cameras in the backyard, logged in and eavesdropped on the whole conversation. And by the way, he didn't say anything wrong. He was just having some some common doubts, some some. So it's not like he was talking like disgusting shit and just like not being himself. He was just being honest and confiding in a friend. That's right. And she logged in and listened to the whole thing. And I think that that's diabolical. You know, people are entitled to some privacy in their own home, especially when they're talking to a buddy in confidence about an important issue. He just wanted to talk through some shit. Wife got very, very spy and real shady too. Intentionally logging in to listen to that conversation. I thought that was dirty. And yeah, it's her house too. Yeah, she's got access to the cameras. Does that mean that you eavesdrop on a private conversation that your partner's having? No, absolutely not. In Joe's case, is it the same thing? Is that what happened here? Or was it yeah. purely a coincidence? I don't know. But the damage is done regardless is the thing, right? Once you hear something, you can't unhear it. True. Once you've seen something, you can't unsee it. So it's there. So it doesn't take away the fact that there's the truth is there. It's, it's, I mean, it's too bad it has to happen in that way because I'm sure it would have been better as a conversation um, than it, overhearing it. That's probably what would stab someone in the heart a little bit more, right? If you overhear your significant other talking about you in that way to someone else and, and feeling like they can't talk to you about it, that stings, right? Isn't there a scenario, though, where, you know, I mean, maybe I'm not ready to go to my girlfriend with this particular issue yet. And I just want to talk it through with a buddy. Like, hey, is it a big deal that this happened? You know, what do you think? I didn't feel right mm -hmm. about it, but you know what? It happened. And how should I approach that? That should be a totally normal, private conversation that you can have with a buddy that really, truly does not involve your partner at the moment. 
you can just go and ask for some advice and, and a little bit of counsel. The fact that they're eavesdropping on that conversation and that leads to the end of your marriage, I think that's, that's shady. That's really, really bad, in, in my estimation anyway. And some would think it's shady for you to go and talk all your personal shit with someone else, depending on the circumstance. I totally understand. People go to their parents for advice on their relationship. People go to their best friends for advice on their relationship. That's totally understandable. But I feel like it would take us, you'd have to say some pretty bad shit in order for that person to be like, our relationship is over because of what you said. So I think it is all in what you say, right? It's one thing to be like, hey, I feel like I've been a bad partner. Huh? I feel like I can't make it right. Or, hey, I feel like there's issues and I, I wish I could talk to him or her. Like, how? what do you think? That's probably different. I think a lot of people could look past that, even if they did eavesdrop on it and go, oh, my goodness, I should have asked. They probably feel bad. If you're shit-talking, shit I suppose, it's different. But either way, like, I hear what you're saying. Never mind that, though. Neighbors' cameras pick that up, too. Sure they Neighbors do. Neighbors' audio. Yeah, your backyard right? is not doesn't have a wall around it. Your neighbors can hear all kinds Absolutely. of shit. Absolutely. You know, just as an experiment, I did this uh, last summer because I was still fairly new in the house. And I realized my girlfriend and I, we just chat in the backyard because we've got a pretty big backyard. And, you know, we we treat it like our own. We watch sure. TV out there. We We talk about all kinds of stuff. I decided to walk the dog around the neighborhood and, and I called her and I'm like, hey, I'm, I'm behind the house that's behind us. Say something. Let me see if I can hear you. Couldn't hear her. I said, turn the speaker up to five instead of three and I could hear it plain as day. Yeah. And, and that was just music that I thought was low. That is plain as day on the other side of the neighborhood you could hear. So be real careful your with voice, what you do outside. Your voice projects too. And, you better be careful. I know. I got to be real <laughs> fucking careful. No kidding. Uh, okay. Before we move on, because I want to talk about a couple of big trials that are happening in Canada now. Uh, did we know that Drake's new album is coming out in two weeks? Or is this just breaking? Yeah. He... Um, I think it's basically breaking is the time of it for the for the boys. What September twenty second for, for all the dogs. For all the dogs, that's what it is. Yes, I okay. Uh, honest, honest truth here. I'm I'm a Drake fan, and I always have been a Drake fan for many, 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 many years. I don't even have high hopes for this because the last couple of albums for me haven't been great. Mm -hmm. I, I, he's kind of lost the thing for me that I loved about him, but. That said, maybe there's something in here. I'll always have a listen to it. Because, like, again, through and through, I, I consider myself a Drake fan. But the last couple of albums, I've just, I haven't found myself going back to listen to. I think that's the way I'll put it. But, yes, it's coming out toward the end of the month. Uh, one more before we get to the trials. The best time of day for fucking 3 p.m. When oh, most people are at work. That hasn't changed, has it? No. No. Uh, apparently, that's when women and men are most in tune with each other's desires. In the afternoon, women have high levels of the hormone cortisol, which helps alertness, and they're at their most energetic. Around the same time, men have elevated levels of estrogen, making them more emotionally present during sex. A hormone expert, Lisa Vitti, says 3 p.m., a.k.a. the afternoon delight, there it is. is the perfect compromise for both sexes' satisfaction with men giving women emotional support they crave while still getting in lots of rigorous enjoyment. I don't want to just enjoy it. I want to rigorously enjoy it. Rigorously. <laughs> rigorously. It's such a shame, though. It is a shame. It's a shame. 3 you know, p.m.? Fuck, I got stuff to 3 do at 3 p.m. This is when the bus is coming to bring my kids and, home. And it's true. That is the time where you have some energy. And you're like, ah, you know, maybe you got most of the shit done. You have to get done for the day. And maybe, let's say, whether you're working or not, doesn't matter. 3 o'clock is probably that time where you start to get like a second boost, a second pick-me-up. But most of the time, when do we usually do it? 
in the evening at when night. we're a little more tired. Well, We've when it's get a little up darker. Early. It's a li- you know what I mean? All those things. So if you can manage to do it, we say screw it 3 p.m. <laughs> <laughs> Jury selection is now wrapped up in Windsor at the trial of the man accused of running down a Muslim family in London back in 2021. The accused has pled not guilty. Arguments get underway on Monday. Do you remember that? That was a horrible, horrible crime. This was a Muslim family that was out walking in London. I believe it was a Sunday night. And That's right. And yeah. this son of a bitch, allegedly, I have to say that because it still hasn't gone through court yet, right. ran them down with a pickup truck. And only, I think, two out of the five or six survived. And it, just uh, one of the most horrible, horrific Terrible. stories you can imagine. Yeah. Not guilty? Really? I'm wondering, is he pleading not guilty to the crime or is he pleading not guilty to the hate crime association that they tagged on to it? Because if you get a hate crime designation, your sentence becomes a lot longer Uh, if it becomes hate motivated. That might be it then. I'm really... uh, Either way, like the guy's going to see prison time. Please tell me. I have to think so. I mean, no matter what, whether it was hate motivated or not, he took out a whole family. I mean, it is hate motivated. There's no way around it, in my opinion. Well, I mean... We have to give him the benefit of the doubt because he's entitled to a trial, sure. And they're doing the trial in Windsor, by the way, because everybody agreed he probably was not going to get a fair trial in London, appointing jurors from London. So Windsor's not that far away, but I guess far enough for the court. He, um, I guess maybe he can say he lost control, uh, momentary lapse. He was going to hit somebody. He just didn't know it was going to be Muslim or he hit them because he wanted to hit somebody, but they just happened to be there. I don't know how he's going to get out of it, but they say this trial is going to go on for several weeks. So we'll watch that and let you know what happens because I know that that story in particular affected a lot of people. Well, I just feel bad for the family when those trials last so long too, right? Me too. Speaking of trials that are going on way too long, we're on day two of of at least 16 days of the trial of the Freedom Convoy, Tamara Leach and Chris Barber. Yesterday, Ottawa police were testifying, and a few things they said were interesting. They said they were completely unprepared for the number of protesters that showed up, saying the event was bigger and lasted longer than police were expecting. 5,000 trucks showed up on the opening weekend of the Freedom Convoy. They said they were expecting around 2,000. That cop also testified... He told them to park on Wellington Street. He personally authorized them parking on Wellington Street. He also said he had zero interaction with Tamara Leach or Chris Barber, which kind of makes me wonder, well, then why the fuck are you a witness at the trial? But anyway, it's um, this is a fascinating one because I feel like there's so many people that got invested in this one way or the other. There were some that were very passionate that this was wrong. There were some that were very passionate that these people had a noble and just cause. And I think it went on way too long. I think if you go back and listen to the pods from back then, you'll, you'll hear we were saying, okay, you made your point, go home. Because if you keep doing this, it's going to get really bad. And of course it did. They invoked the emergencies declaration and the police had to go in and clear it out. Does that make a difference though? I mean, they were there and the police said that they were very, uh, they were very cooperative for the first weekend and the first couple of days that they were there. Had the police actually watched the news like the rest of us did leading up to it, did did they not see the thousands of people standing on overpasses cheering the truckers on as they were heading to Ottawa? What in their head made them think there'd only be 2,000 trucks when more than double that amount showed up? And if they had been prepared as a police force like they should have been in the first place, maybe none of this would have happened. 
that's going to be part of what they're going to argue in court. The police were disorganized. Right. It got way out of control because they were disorganized. They had a police chief who didn't know what he was doing. He had to step down in the middle of it. Maybe this is a police problem. We always say the the podcast is like a time capsule, right? When you mm-hmm. go back and you listen to old dates, they should submit that to the court. Submit all the days that we talked about and what happened on what day. So you can be reminded. Well, I didn't talk to Chris Barber or Tamara Leach either. Maybe I should be testifying. I mean, it, it's kind of weird the way this is all playing out. But the more I hear about what goes on in this trial, the more I'm not convinced that this is going to be an automatic conviction. I, I think they're putting up some fairly reasonable arguments. And hopefully people are paying attention to this one. A new Ipsos survey done for RBC says inflation has driven many more post-secondary students to stay home and live with their parents instead of living on or near campus this year. The survey of 18 to 29-year-olds found almost half will be living with their parents this school year. Mm -hmm. Ten years ago, it was less than one in three. I find that to be a shame, too, because it is part of, like, the learning as a young adult Adult. I don't know why I said so funny. Adult. 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 A young adult. Um, it, it is part of kind of growing up is having that next step of res. Not that everybody had to. I mean, personally, I stayed at home, but that was a choice I made, right? I went to school close to home. So it made sense. And financially, it was better for me to be at home. And I had a good home life too. My parents left us alone. We all, all of us stayed there for a little bit. My brother went to res actually uh, for a bit. And my sister did as well. But I stayed for those couple years. Um but I went to the residence and I still got the experience because my friends were there. And I feel like it is just a part of of growing up and, and learning about how to do things for yourself sometimes. So all of those experiences beyond the day-to-day in class stuff, I think is important. And it sucks that just for financial reasons, people are having to forego that. It sucks. See, and I've had this conversation with so many friends that have got kids going to or in university or college right now. And it blows me away because I think of it as a colossal waste of money if you live close to the school. Ah, okay. You know, if you live in in Cambridge and go to U of W, why the fuck are you paying $650 a month for res? Because if if you do have the money, though, I get why people do it. Just for the party? For the experience? To get out of your house. Like, don't you remember being that age where but, you're like, I want my independence. And even your parents would probably like, get the fuck out. Okay, like, but. G- give, me, give me Monday to Friday at least. Like, I'll come see you. You can come here and do laundry, whatever. I knew a lot of people who ended up doing res that were, I shouldn't say close, but like a half hour to 45 minutes away. That's it from the school. So they could have commuted to school every day. But it was more of for, for their parents, I think. A, yeah, get out. But also learn to fend for yourself a little bit. Figure your shit out. Okay, and I get that, but I mean, let's be honest about the situation we find ourselves in compared to the situation we used to be in. Oh, for sure. Financially, it's different. Yeah, used to be. I mean, yeah, sure. Even if you live in London, you could still go and live in res at Western, even though it's five minutes away. You still get that living on campus experience, and then that's the transition. When you graduate, you get your own place, you move out, you start your life as an adult. There's virtually no way in Ontario... Anybody has got enough money Mm. that they can leave home, go live in res, and then go into their own home or their own place. Yeah, it doesn't happen often, right? You're going back home after that. That's just the sad reality. You're going to have to move back in with your parents. And I don't really know if you needed to spend that four years of res money. That's just the way I see it. I know people, again, you have to have the money for it. But I know people whose parents bought 
a property so that their kid could rent it out for those four years and they could make a profit. Really? During their time in rest. Yep. Smart. Yeah. Very smart. Yeah. The Bank of Canada did leave interest rates unchanged yesterday at 5%. And it's funny because I feel like the people were ready to riot. I think if they had raised rates yesterday, it was going to be ugly. I think that the the civil unrest was coming. So they left the rates the way they are. That's probably going to hurt the Canadian dollar in the next couple of months. We're probably going to see even less. How is the best way to say that? We, we want, we as consumers, want parity with the American dollar because we want the Canadian dollar to go as far as an American dollar does. Well, for importing and exporting, we kind of like the Canadian dollar being a little less than the American dollar. This is going to widen that gap quite a bit because they'll continue to raise interest rates there. And if we're not raising them an equal amount here, then the dollar is going to suffer. We know that's coming. And I was watching the economists fight with each other yesterday. And it's amazing how little disagreement there is, how little agreement there is between the people who are actually in charge of monitoring the economy. Some saying the bank went way too hard, way too aggressive, way too fast. Others saying it was irresponsible to not raise rates yesterday because it will fuck the Canadian dollar in a few months. Other people are saying if they had raised rates, they were going to put people out of their homes. We'd have an even bigger homeless problem. Even they don't agree on the best way to proceed right now. And finally, the politicians have grown a set and they're weighing in saying, no more, no more, don't increase the rates anymore. People can't afford it. Yeah. And, and I don't know where we're going to go from here. October 23rd is the next announcement. There's going to be intense pressure from both sides to raise rates or to lower rates. But I think just leaving the rate unchanged, I don't know if that's going to be an option because there is so much fighting going on. Uh, what else can we tell you here quickly? Uh, next week, I was actually talking to my son about this. I love that he's in university and studying shit that I enjoy. Uh, stargazers are going to be able to catch a glimpse of a newly discovered comet that's coming for the Earth for the first time in 400 years. Oh, that's a big deal. Science- Our technology's changed since then, hasn't it? Well, we just discovered it, though. We didn't know it was out there. We just found it. That's what I find so cool, too, is that we can still find things out now, even though they've been happening for years. Scientists say the comet is going to come close enough to us on or about September 17th before it leaves the solar system. It's not going to hit us, by the way. There's no chance whatsoever that this is going to hit us this time. They say after it blows by us, it'll just exit the solar system. But they say this comet is big enough that you'll be able to see it with the naked eye from on the ground here in Earth. They say there's a chance you might need binoculars, but you won't need a telescope to see this comet streaking by. It'll be another 400 years before it returns. And I don't know why, but I love shit like that. Yeah, it's neat. There's also going to be a total lunar eclipse in April. Last time we're going to have one until the 2040s. What are the, is that one of the ones where you can't go outside? Yeah, you can't look up You're not supposed to look up. Right, right, right. I remember it in, uh, when was the last time we had one? Because you're pretty good at this kind of thing. Was it like... It wasn't that long ago. Was it? I I feel like I do remember that. Yeah. But I don't think it was a big deal. Like, Remember you could go and get these things and pick them up for free places to make sure that you shield your eyes? I I had to go down to Buffalo to get them because they were handing them out for free at Topps Family Markets. But here they were impossible to get so that you could look up at the eclipse. That's right. And I remember being in elementary school when I was in... So I'm going to date myself now, but this was in the 90s at some point. And I remember my teachers, it's like one of those vivid memories for me of my teachers and the, all of the staff grabbing newspapers and, and covering up the windows up and covering up the windows that day. I remember that too. I was in high school at the time 
That's the one in the 90s you're talking one about. One in the 90s, yeah. Yep. So I was actually at a, a co-op that afternoon. So when co-op was done, I had to come back to the school to drop off some stuff. And I remember seeing all the windows of the school were papered over. And I remember hearing about this eclipse. And I remember everybody saying, don't look up at the sun. Don't look at the sun oh, today. You'll go you blind. Do? Well, when somebody's that <laughs> insistent that you not do it and you're you a, te- it. a dumb teenager, yeah, you do it. You did it. And I swear to God, there's something to it because it was after that I needed glasses. <laughs> I needed glasses for three years until I had LASIK. So don't look up at it. But it's not till April. That's fine. This comet, though, is coming in 10 days on September 17th. Cool. And uh, if you happen to watch any of the web feeds, you'll hear a somewhat famous voice narrating and co-hosting that on the web feed. Is that you? No, it's my son. Oh. (laughs) The son of someone semi-famous, like a... Is he, is he into that? Do you like it? Yeah, yeah. That's actually his program. So he's been charged with leading the navigation, the tour guide of space and time. Does he like talking about it though? No, like, he hates it. He, like he could never do what I yeah, do yeah. and I can never do what he does. But that's kind of cool that you that he's kind of in part doing that along with what he wants to do. Well, when he told me, ah, I got to talk on the web feed <laughs> and they want me to explain what's going on. and Oh, that's great. And I'm like, oh, that's awesome. And he's shitting his pants. Aww. And I'm thinking, I've, I'm so... But you'll be Impressed. watching. You'll be watching. I'll cheer him That's on. That's right. I'll text him and chirp him That's during right. it. <laughs> you could have done that better. <laughs> <laughs> you really got to finish your sentences, bud. You really got to, you know. And uh is not a word. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Stop saying like so much and just keep in mind that this family has a reputation for perfect articulation. <laughs> we got great. We got to go, everybody. Have a fantastic Thursday. We will catch you right back here tomorrow with... Dave Blizzard joining us for the Friday. We love the Friday show. Have a good one, friends.